Faith takes, but hope waits. <laughs> Sometimes you have to wait, but faith takes for the moment. Praise God. Welcome to Light Words with Pastor Scott from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Today we're talking about the spirit of faith. Faith is victory. Faith is a gift. Faith moves, it calls, it walks, it lives, and it loves. Today, Pastor Scott is joined with wife Marilyn and daughter Casey from the backyard. Enjoy the message. Hello world. Hello USA. I'm Pastor Scott from Lighthouse Church and Lighthouse Ministries. Welcome to our live broadcast viewed and heard all around the world. Praise God. Last Sunday we had 165,000 people view our broadcast. Praise the Lord. Let's go deeper and higher in the things of God, shall we? Amen. Praise God. You'll never find your destiny until you understand your purpose for life. Say this with me. I have not arrived yet at my destiny. But I'm on my way. But I'm on my way. <laughs> hey, how did the fire fall in love? How? It found its perfect match. Ah. <laughs> Today I want to talk about faith and what it can do for us. I love to teach and preach on faith. Faith is now. But first, Casey, my third daughter, has a few quick words to share with you. Casey? Yeah, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hello to a specific hellos to our family, Corey. Kylie, Ace, Little Ace. Yeah, shout out to you so guys. We miss you, but we know you're listening. Um, and I just um, want to just encourage you to keep listening to the broadcast, sharing it, liking it, um, and also encourage you to keep putting out your prayer requests because your prayers are being covered by Lighthouse. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I want to say a quick uh, prayer for our dear friend Bonnie, Bonnie who's yeah. in the hospital. So let's join together in prayer, Lord. We lift up Bonnie before you, Lord God. We pray that you touch her, bring healing in your wings. Use the doctors to bring a manifestation of healing to her physical body. We pray protection and blessing upon her now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Uh, if we want to give, how do we give? Yeah, and if you'd like to give, um, we have the Venmo at LN Lighthouse, and then you can also do PayPal, paypal.me slash LN Lighthouse. And again, if um, just sharing it is also a form of giving to others Amen. as well. So. Yes, we love it when you share the broadcast. Yes, and we're glad you're here. Listen <laughs> tightly. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. It's a beautiful day here in Southern California. Yeah. It's going to be a warm one, and um, we're so glad you're with us. Praise God. Let's take our Bible, shall we? And repeat after me. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. It was written for me. It was written for me. I am what it says I am. I, am what it says I, am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. The spirit of faith and victory is rising up in me. I'm growing in favor with God and with men. The power of the word is changing my life. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We have believed, therefore we speak. Hallelujah. All right. Okay, Casey, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Yeah. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift of faith that comes from our salvation in Christ. Lord, we pray that you teach us on how to use our faith, how to be effective with our faith, that we might uh, bring change to ourselves and to others. We bless you now. Anoint this broadcast, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, faith pleases God. And we all want to please the Lord, don't we? Yes. 
And as I mentioned, I love to teach on faith and the principles of faith and how it works and how it can be effective in our lives. Dad, we have some hellos yes. from Oliver and Josh. Hi, Hi Oliver and Josh. All right. Praise God. <laughs> oh, you got the Esseltines? All right. Woo. How was that wedding up there? <laughs> we love to hear from you. Praise God. So, what is faith and how does it work? That's a good question. But first, let's contrast faith and hope. They are different, but they do work together. Hope looks to the future. It's expectation of future good. Praise God. It is always future tense. It's always something that's going to happen in the future as we hope for something. We should always keep our hope alive. Amen? We have the blessed hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith receives, though, in the now and the present tense. Now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is what? Love. Who wrote those words? The Apostle Paul. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13. These are the three greatest things you need in your life. Faith, hope, and love. You don't need money. You don't need possessions. You need faith, hope, and love. Hallelujah. We should pursue these virtues. So faith and hope work together, but not separate. Let's look at Romans 4, 18 through 21. Marilyn? Um, let's see. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body always all already dead, sorry, since um, he was a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. I know I should brought my glasses. <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> All right. Praise God. Sorry. And I forgot the last verse. Being fully convinced. Yeah. Go ahead, Case. What he had promised he was able to perform. So Abraham becomes the father of faith. And the Bible says in Romans, we're to walk in the steps of our father Abraham and in the faith that he possessed. And it's interesting because Abraham was a Old Testament believer living like a New Testament Christian in the Old Testament. He was a prototype of the New Testament believer because he lived and walked by faith. And uh, faith pleased the Lord and it gained him the gift of righteousness. So uh, faith is the key, guys. The just shall live by faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, as we read in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith says, I have received the things I am praying for, I have it now. Not tomorrow, but I have it now. Faith says that I have it, I possess it. Yes. Remember, it's not, it's, not how, it's not how faith works, but it's more that it's present tense. And, wh and while hope is future tense, even though you might say you believe, if you're putting in, in the future, you're not believing, you're hoping. And a lot of people all, I'm, I'm believing someday this will happen or something will, good will come my way. But faith says, no, I've got it now. I possess it now. I, I have the inheritance right now. It, 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 even though I don't see it, it's here and exists. Praise God. Some people are believing that God is going to do something for them, but faith believes that he's already done it. God has already done the work. Hallelujah. Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So we believe first and then we receive. It's not hoping that works in the now, but believing. Let's look at Hebrews, um, excuse me, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Mm -hmm. 
that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And that's how salvation works, guys. You believe in your heart unto righteousness, and then you confess with your mouth unto salvation. And whenever Jesus called a person, he always called them publicly to make a public decision in front of others and make a decision for Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the broadcast to make a decision to receive Christ into your life. Hallelujah. Faith is the warranty deed and guarantee of the things you desire. And it says it's yours. You possess it. Faith is like the machine or game you find in the lobby of some restaurants. It's like a mechanical claw. Has anybody ever seen that? And you kind of navigate this claw down to grab a stuffed animal or some kind of toy. I never was any good at it. But, um, but that claw will grab on to the toy or the stuffed animal and then you'll bring it up and you get it. <laughs> That's how faith works. It reaches out into the supernatural world and it grabs, takes hold of, it seizes, it possesses. Amen? Praise God. Faith seizes and faith acquires what it desires. Hallelujah. Let's look at John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Oh, that can't be. What do you mean? Ask whatever you desire and it'll be done? That's what Jesus said. But he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. There was a condition to it. Mm -hmm. We need to abide and dwell in Christ and his words must abide in us. That's why we're preaching the word of God today. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith takes but hope waits. <laughs> Sometimes you have to wait, but faith takes for the moment. Praise God. Another analogy of faith is like the spark in a car's pistons that drives the car. By the way, we now have an electric car, so there are no pistons. <laughs> there is no gas. There is no fuel. Uh, it's a pretty cool car, and uh, we're enjoying it immensely. Praise God. And Kelly's got one too, so we got a black and white one. <laughs> Dad, Amala, she hasn't been on in a while. Um, Hi to you. Hi, Emma. She says, praise Jesus Christ. Good morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning. Fuel and air is mixed in a carburetor, fuel-driven car, and then a spark plug creates the spark that causes an explosion in the piston that powers the drivetrain, and the car moves and accelerates. So then how do we gain faith in our life? Because faith is like that spark in the piston that ignites the fuel-air mixture, and we need the spark of faith, amen, to ignite uh, the things of God and the kingdom of God to work in our lives. We said faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. This is why the devil fights true anointed preaching of the word of God. He doesn't care about other stuff, but when he knows the word of God is being preached and taught under a powerful anointing, it bothers him <laughs> because he knows the people that are going to receive the word, faith is going to rise in them and faith will be produced in the hearer. And today, as you're hearing the word of God, faith is being produced in your life. And faith brings you the victory. Hallelujah. Amen. Satan fears faith in the believer more than anything else. The power of faith will change your life. I got a word from a man of God years ago, and he said, the devil fears the power of God in your life. So the devil can recognize mm -hmm. supernatural things. He doesn't know all things, but he knows some things. And uh, he knows that anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he fears that. And that's why he feared Christ so much, because Jesus was anointed, the most anointed man of God ever. He had the spirit without measure. Praise God. 
It is the shield of faith which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And uh, we're in this world and we're under attack many times. And the wicked one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it to the fullest extent. And so we see this battle between good and evil, darkness and light. Light overwhelms the darkness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's look at Ephesians 5.16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Is that it? That's it. I wanted the one uh, put on the shield of faith. Wherewith you'll be able to defeat all the fiery darts of the evil one. Praise God. Well, I got it. (laughs) And as the shield of faith works, the enemy touches us not. We're protected. We have a divine force field around us with the shield of faith that protects us from the attacks of the enemy. Hallelujah. Faith says the same truth of the word of God. Faith agrees with the word of God as the word of God agrees with faith. (laughs) Jesus was driven by the spirit after he was baptized by his cousin John. They went down to the water came up out of the water, and the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jesus in bodily form and hovered upon him and rested upon him, and he was filled with the Spirit. And then the Bible says the Spirit drove him out into the wilderness to be tested and tempted of the devil. And there Jesus went out there without food and water for 40 days and 40 nights. Wow, pretty amazing. Maybe he had water. I'm not, he might have had water. What do you think? I know he didn't have food. Yeah, you got to think he would have had to have water. Uh, Jesus defeated the devil in the wilderness. And really that whole temptation experience was more of a testing and a trial. And he was being bombarded by the enemy on a constant basis. And uh, there was tremendous agony in this contest between God and man, between the devil and God himself, the God-man Jesus himself. Praise God. How did Jesus defeat the devil? He quoted the word of God. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. That's how we defeat the devil. We speak forth the word of God, and it, it, it comes against the work of the enemy and drives him out in the name of the Lord. The Bible says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Praise God. After 40 days, 40 nights, Jesus returned. The Bible says he had defeated the devil. And the angels of God came and ministered to him. I've always wondered what that was like. What, what was that? I don't know. But the angels were there to minister to him and to replenish his strength. Sometimes we need our strength to be replenished, right? We need to gain new strength in the things of God and in our physical bodies. And the Bible says he returned in the power of the Spirit. And then he began to perform mighty miracles. And the first miracle Jesus ever performed, which for all you religious people, you may not like it, But he was at a wedding ceremony, uh, reception, and he turned water into wine. (laughs) That uh, is an analogous to uh, the joy of the Lord that we have in Christ. You know, Moses turned uh, water into what? Blood. And Jesus turned water into wine. What a contrast between the law and the spirit. Grace and the law. Jesus came and brought grace to us. Hallelujah. Unbelief is really taking sides against God's word. So when you start speaking unbelief, you're speaking against the word of God. You don't want to do that. We want to be uh, incongruent with the word of God, saying the same thing God says. Homologeo is the Greek word, say the same thing. Repeat and say what God says. There are those who talk unbelief and take sides against the word of God, as I mentioned. And then they wonder why God's word doesn't work for them 
but if you want the word to work for you, you must agree with it. <laughs> we have believed, therefore we speak. We always say that at the beginning of our broadcast. Let's take a look at Numbers 13. I love this story. Let's go out in the wilderness a little bit, shall we? Then they came to the valley of Eshkol. Where are you reading from? Um, Numbers 13, 23. Okay. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, and they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. They placed, the place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. Okay, let's stop there. Okay. Okay, so uh, they've come to Kadesh Barnea, uh, the children of Israel. Remember, they were delivered from the hand of Pharaoh, uh, who is a type of Satan. And they came out of Egypt, which is a type of the world. And so God delivered his people. And for one reason, why would, well, what did he want to do? He wanted to take them out into the wilderness to worship. Amen. To worship. Worship is so important in our lives. And there out in the wilderness, they came to Mount Sinai. And Moses went up on the, uh, the top of the mountain. And there he received the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. Um, and his face shone with the glory of God. And when he came down the mountain, uh, the people had turned from the Lord in 40 days just like Jesus was tempted 40 days, 40 nights. Moses was up there 40 days, 40 nights. And um, they were worshiping a golden calf. How terrible is that? And they had turned from God, and Moses was really mad. He took the, the Decalogue, the tablets, and he threw them down and broke them. God had to make him a new set. <laughs> but he was very upset at the people because they had turned from the Lord in just 40 days and were worshiping a false god, a false, an idol, really. And so, two years later, they find themselves at Kadesh Barnea, right on the edge of the land of promise, the land of Canaan. And they're going to enter the land. And God spoke to Moses and said, I want you to 12, send 12 spies into the land from the 12 tribes of Israel. And they're going to go in and check out this land that flows with milk and honey. So the 12 tri tribes go in, excuse me, the 12 spies go in. And um, sure enough, as Casey read, it was a land flowing with milk and honey and pomegranates and rich with uh, grapes. And uh, the, the, the land of Eshkol, they called it, uh, the land of blessing. It was a blessed land. But then there became a problem. Let's read 27, 28. Okay. So um, then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and it is with fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. So here they see the land is blessed, but they, there's people dwelling in the land, the people of Anak. And the Lord had given them the promise that the land would be a blessed land, which is, by the way, today is modern-day Israel. Mm -hmm. That it became a nation in 1948 on May 14th. That land was promised to the Jews. They were supposed to possess it right then. But they didn't, and I'll tell you why. Because 10 of the spies fell into unbelief and doubt. They saw these descendants of Enoch, and they said, We feared, for we were like grasshoppers in their sight. They were giants. We can't take this land because of those people dwelling there. But God said, go and possess the land. Remember when Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake. 
<laughs> when you go to the other side of the lake with Jesus, you go to the other side. <laughs> and when God says something, he means it. And you've got to stand on that promise of God and not be moved off it. They did not. They fell into unbelief. And the Bible says that they all died in the wilderness. That whole older generation because of their unbelief and doubt. Their carcasses fell in the wilderness. But there were two guys. <laughs> Who are they? Joshua. Joshua and Caleb. They were different. They had a different spirit. Let's read Numbers 13, 30. Then Caleb quieted the people. Sometimes you just need people to be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> Before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. See, they were speaking faith. Yeah, they saw the giants, Caleb, Joshua, they saw them. But they said, no, God said we can do it and we're going to do it. And by faith. And we're going to believe that we're going to conquer this land and take the land. But when they got back to the tribe, to the, the, the children of Israel, uh, the ten spies brought the bad report and it discouraged the people. Now get this. And you know what they said? Oh, we'll never get in there. I wish we'd have stayed in Egypt as slaves. Can you believe that? And they wanted to get rid of Moses, oust him, right? And replace him with a new leader so they could go back to Egypt. <laughs> Guys, you don't want to go back to the world. You don't want to go back to Egypt. You don't want to go back to Pharaoh, who is a type of Satan. And uh, they listened to the unbelief. The bad report is what it was. And the bad report brought them into discouragement and disbelief. You've got to be careful with your words, guys, when you're talking with people. Because you can give a bad report and really discourage people. On the other hand, life is in the power of the tongue. And you can bring a good report to people by speaking the good, the pure, the lovely, uh, according to the word of God. Praise God. Well, faith doesn't look back, but always moves forward into victory. Hallelujah. And as I mentioned, Joshua and Caleb went into the land with the young generation. They were all 19 and younger, and Joshua and Caleb went in, and Joshua became the leader. He was under the tutelage of Moses and the successor of Moses, and he took the baton and brought the children of Israel, the young generation, into the promised land. And they took the land, city by city by city, systematically, and uh, took the whole land. It became theirs. Praise God. And the promised land is the type of the believer's faith rest that we have in Christ as we enter into the land of blessing, as we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. I love that. Joshua and Caleb represented a different spirit. Sometimes you have to have a different spirit. You can go the way of the crowd, where everybody else is going, but these guys had a different spirit. They had a spirit of faith and a spirit of victory. Now I want to give you seven things, very quickly, that faith does for us as believers in Christ. Amen? Number one, faith produces the victory in our lives. If you want victory in your life, you want success in your life, you've got to have faith. Let's read 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. This is the victory, our faith. And how do you get faith? You get faith by hearing the word of God. Praise God. Really, faith is a gift. And God gave you the gift of faith when you were born again, when he gave you the gift of salvation. Faith takes us to a higher level in God. You want to go higher with God? Yes. You want to go to the high things of God? We walk on the high places of the earth. That's the place of victory. That's the place where you're way above everything else. Amen? <laughs> the highest mountain in the world is what? Mount Everest. 29,000 feet. 
And uh, that is the highest pinnacle. And the Bible says we walk on the high places of the earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've always wanted to climb Mount Everest, but don't think I'll be doing that. <laughs> It'd be good, kind of fun to go to uh, base camp at 17,000 feet, um, which is pretty high. Uh, I've been up 12,000 feet, um, 17,000, wow, and then to go 29,000 feet, whoa, yeah. Let's read Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. Okay. By the way, the second uh, truth about faith is faith is a gift. Okay, now let's go to Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth bud and it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. Amen. So the word of God does not return void, but when it goes out, it produces results in a person's life if they receive it in their hearts. Amen. And it becomes effective in their life and it blesses their life. The word of God becomes a blessing in your life. Hallelujah. Number three, faith moves. Everybody say that. Faith moves. It moves mountains. It moves obstacles. It moves sickness and disease. It moves anything that impedes our way in our journey in life. Amen. Let's look at Mark 11, 20 through 23. This is the greatest teaching on faith in the Bible by the greatest teacher in the Bible, who is Jesus himself. And uh, I love this chapter 11. Okay, let's read it. Um, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you, has, which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Notice, he says it three times. Yeah. He or she believes it once, but they say it three times. You have what you say. You can have what you say if you believe it. Amen? And it's in accordance to the Word of God and the promises of God. We have the story here where, I'll give you a little background. Uh, Jesus had left Bethany, this little town, about two miles outside of Jerusalem. We didn't get to go there when we were there. but And he was staying at the home of Mary and Martha. Remember Mary and Martha? M Mary sat at the the feet of Jesus and heard the word of God and Martha was so busy serving and she couldn't understand why her little sister was sitting at the feet of Jesus and wasn't helping her and Jesus said to Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the best part. She's sitting at my feet hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. Well, you also know they had a brother named Lazarus yes. and Lazarus got sick and he died and uh, word came to Jesus that Lazarus was sick and uh, Mary and Martha were really upset because he didn't come immediately. Why do you think he didn't come immediately? He knew he was going to take care of him later he, on. He wanted to perform a mighty miracle. Yeah. He knew he was going to die and that Jesus was going to raise him from the dead. Right. But Mary and Martha didn't understand that. And so when he came to Bethany, Lazarus was dead. And he said, Lazarus, arise, come forth. <laughs> and this mummy came walking out of the sepulcher, and that was Lazarus, and he came back to life again. Jesus rose him from the dead. Hallelujah. Well, it's interesting. So as Jesus is leasing, leaving, leasing? <laughs> as he's leaving Bethany, he's hungry. You know, 
Jesus was human. He was God, but he was also a man. 100% man, 100% God. And guess what? He got hungry, he got thirsty, and he also got what? Tired. Tired. We all get that, don't we? And we all, (laughs) sometimes we just get tired, you know? And uh, Jesus was human like us. So he saw a fig tree from afar off. And um, this is kind of an interesting story because he wondered if there was fruit on the tree. Figs, you know. And uh, it was the time of year when figs really weren't growing. Um, so there were just leaves on the fig tree. And you say, well, why didn't, wouldn't Jesus know that? Um, apparently not. <laughs> or, or, or he knew it and he still went to the tree. And then because there was no fruit on the tree, he cursed it. Oh, come on, Jesus. What do you, we have a problem with fig trees? <laughs> no. The fig tree is representative of the nation of Israel. They were under a curse because they had missed their day of visitation. They had rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, their Messiah, and eventually crucified him. And so cursing the fig tree was the curse that came on Israel uh, during that time. And in AD 70, the legionnaire, the Roman legionnaire came in, Titus, and he destroyed the city. Now, Jesus had already died in about A.D. 33. And uh, because they had rejected their Messiah and crucified the Son of God, the Son of Man, destruction came to the Israel nation. And uh, they burned, he burned, Titus burned Jerusalem down to the ground. Jesus said there won't be one stone sitting upon another stone. And the temple obviously was destroyed. And the city was destroyed. And then the Jews were taken in captivity by Titus back to Rome. And there they've built this big edifice for him, uh, the Arch of Titus. We've seen it right next to the Colosseum. And um, the Jews became captives once again because they fell into unbelief and doubt and rejected their Messiah. However, God said to Ezekiel the prophet, I'm going to return my people back to the land. And as we mentioned, on May 14th, 1948, they came back into the land, which is a miracle, and they remain there today. Praise God. All right. Let's continue. Number four, faith calls those things that don't exist as though they do. That's what God does. That's what we should do. Look at Romans 4:17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God calls those things that don't exist as as though they do. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. God created the world through the spoken word. And we can create things through the spoken word, through the power of faith. Hallelujah. Number five, faith walks. I like that everybody say that, faith walks. We walk by faith, trusting in the Lord and his word. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by the circumstances of life. We don't walk by our feelings. I mean, we all have feelings, and uh, you have to listen to your feelings, but you can't just live by your feelings, right? You've got to stay walking by faith in accordance to the word of God and keep walking the walk. Hallelujah. And it, by the way, faith is a walk. It's not a run. Or maybe it's a slow trot because it's an endurance and uh, we have to endure over a long period of time and continue and persevere in the things of God. Number six, faith lives. Everybody say that. A righteous person lives by faith and not by their human works. 
For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man boast. Praise God. Romans 1.17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we go from faith to faith, and the just live by faith. The righteous live by faith. When you come to Christ, you've been given the gift of righteousness. His righteous nature dwells inside you now as a believer. And now you live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And that's how you produce spiritual fruit in your life as you walk and live by faith. I call it the triangle. Uh, the just shall live by faith is mentioned in Romans. It's mentioned in Galatians. And it's mentioned in Hebrews. It's also mentioned in Habakkuk. <laughs> Very important. Praise God. Number seven, last one. Faith loves. Everybody say that. Faith loves. Paul said, if I have all faith to remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. Now abides faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Let's look at Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcis circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Faith working through love. Praise God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness or faith, and self-control. And that comes forth through the gift of faith. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we thank you and praise you for faith and how it works, how it operates. And Lord, let us use the gift of faith to bring change and to bring the, the supernatural into existence, Lord. That all things are possible to those who believe and nothing is impossible with God. Now we pray, Lord, for the lost, for those that are, are non-believers. And the Holy Spirit speaking today. You've never, if you've never come to Christ, this is your day to receive Christ. Just pray this prayer in sincerity and mean it, and Christ will come into your life. Pray this prayer if that's you. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. I repent and turn from my sin, and I turn to you. I need you desperately in my life. Thank you for coming in and being my Lord and Savior. I worship you. I bless you. I praise you. Thank you for the redeeming blood that you shed on Calvary's cross for me. I now receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And for those of you that are born again, but you've turned from the Lord, you're not walking with God, you're backslidden, uh, you're believers, you know you're Christian, but you need to come back to the Lord. Pray this prayer. Lord, I, I hear the word. I hear the, the sweet sound of the Spirit speaking in my heart and uh, wooing me to come back into a closer and nearer relationship with you, Lord. I come back, Lord Jesus. I want to walk with you side by side. I want to be near you. I want to worship you. And I want to be used by you. Come, no, come close to me now, Lord Jesus, as I draw near to you. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Well, praise God. Pretty good talking about faith, huh? Well, blessings to you guys. Use your faith. It's a gift from God. It can move mountains and bless your life. Hallelujah. We'll see you this week for my mini broadcast. Blessings to you. We love you. Thank you for listening to Light Words with Pastor Scott from Lighthouse Church Ministries. You can watch us live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. God bless. We'll see you next time.